Hey, you got him with this one, dog. It's so soulful. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block in the summertime when the sidewalk got so boiling hot that the heat from the street almost melts your flip flops or burn through your new shoes and leave you. With holes in your socks Us city slickers, there was no water in spots So we'd head to the corner, Mr. Warner would knock Off the knob on top of the Welcome, welcome, welcome back All my doodadders, future fathers, potential parents And everyone else tuning in This is Dad Hard with a podcast As always, I am your host and the creator of the show Mo Green And thank you Thank you, thank you, thank you for spending your coronavirus quarantine listening to us. We really, really appreciate it. Um, it is crazy times right now in the world, as you all well know. And uh, I just appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, before we get started, I want to give a big, big, huge, massive, like him-sized shout out to my guest last week, Mr. Corey Wooten, former NFL star, former NU Wildcat football star. Um, thank you, man. I appreciate it. It was a fantastic conversation. Um Talking about his two girls and how he actually made the decision to retire from the NFL because he wanted to be a father to his kids. Uh, it's fantastic. If you hadn't had a chance to check that out, definitely tune into that one. And especially with these times that we're going into, if you have not taken the time to listen to it yet, definitely, definitely go back and listen to episode 26 um, with the head of Park Slope parents, Susan Fox, uh, talking about ways to cope um, you know, with mental health as well as, you know, uh, trying to breathe through this whole coronavirus thing. She has fantastic advice um, and uh, and she knows what she's talking about. So if you haven't had the chance to listen to that one, also definitely go back. It is more prevalent now than ever, especially touching on the importance of mental health in parents. So Check those two episodes out if you haven't, and if you have, then let's keep it rolling with this one. We're, this is episode 28 of Dad Harbor, the podcast. That means it is week 34 of dadding for me and week three of quarantine uh, with all three, my, myself, my wife, and my eight-month-old daughter in the house. And these times are, are, they're crazy as it is out there, uh, but it is so interesting and very difficult. I'm not going to lie. It is difficult as all hell to have a small, small child in the house um, all the time, 24 hours a day. You know, maybe I get one hour to, or two hours if, if I get her out early enough to get her outside and get some fresh air, but it is so difficult to go through this quarantine and isolation and social distancing uh, with, with such a small child. You know, I talked about it last week that my wife and I have gotten petrified that we're going to stunt her development by her being inside so much and taking her away from the socialization of daycare that she was in. And I'm sure parents out there that have their kids in schools, preschools, uh, uh, nurseries, uh, uh, kindergartens, and et cetera, I'm sure that's all worry for, for you guys as well. You know, and like I always say, we're all in this together. So I feel your pain. Um, however, I do think that the two of us are really starting to be able to navigate this thing a little bit better. Um, you know, we're, it's very difficult to try to keep her on a schedule and keep her stimulated um, and interested in things. Lucky for us, what she has found um, and what she has developed during this time is a love for what we call playing books. And what that means in some circumstances is that she likes to crawl over to her little bookcase and toy chest, whatever it is, or toy shelf. And she likes to pull all of her books off the shelf, just all, every single one, just one after another. She doesn't care what it is. She's not looking at it. I don't even know if she knows what it is. Um, I think some of her favorites, she knows the covers and stuff like that, but she pulls them all down and then sits there and yells at one of us until we start reading them to her. And then not only do we have to read them to her, but we have to read them one time, two times, three times, 
four times. And she won't stop until she's ready to stop reading that particular book, at which case, at which point she takes the cover of the book and just slams it shut and then wants to move on to the next book. Um, and we're so happy about this because not only is it giving us a way, a surefire way to interact with her, um, but she loves listening to us talk and she's starting to now understand interacting with a book you know today for example right before i came on to record this with you right now literally an hour ago maybe tops she started opening and turning the pages of this like baby animal book that she has herself and she was just looking at it and turned the page and looking at it it wasn't like us turning the page we're like we're like you know turning it and reading or whatever she was doing it very spastically and maybe it was like two three pages at a time but but still she was opening the pages herself and she was looking at the pictures, you know, um, and she's starting to learn and and develop this type of stuff. It's kind of put a, a little bit of ease on us. Now, obviously, we still have to be present and fully interacting with her during the process of this reading, which is which is tough in itself because we now have to be in her face and with her doing something with her uh, all day, reading the same book 450 times in a day, chicka, chicka, boom, boom. I know the whole book by the back of my goddamn hand. It is insane. But, um, you know, she's really starting to develop, to develop this love for books, for reading, for that type of interaction. And it does give a little bit of ease and calm that, okay, we're not stunting her development. She's she's still moving. She's still grooving. You know, I said she started clapping last week. Now we're trying to teach her how to give high five and wave goodbye and hello, etc. And she's doing it. You know, I think that in some cases, as parents, having this one-on-one -on -one time or, you know, intimate time with your young child or children, etc., it's not just a time to connect, but it's a time where you don't normally get to be the one to teach them things and to control their development. You know, once they're out of like complete infant stage and if you're working or whatever, you know, you're sending your child off to school, off to daycare, off to somebody else to be responsible for teaching them and working them through their developmental process. You don't get the opportunity to do that. Now is a time where we as parents are able to work directly with our children to help them through their own developmental process. And it is very tough. It is, uh, you know, uh, stressful. Um, and, you know, half the time we don't know what the hell we're doing. And most of the time we don't know what the hell we're doing. Half the time, Jesus. But most of the time we don't know what the hell we're doing. And we don't know right from wrong. And, and there's no rhyme or reason to what we're doing. But at least we can have that intimate time and in-depth time with them to help them through this development and really have a finger on the pulse of the developmental process. And that is a beautiful thing. And it's something that I think that we should all celebrate and embrace because you're never going to, you know, after we're all released from social distancing and we can be less than six feet apart from each other, it's going to be go right back to school, right back to daycare, right back to preschool, whatever it may be. And we're not going to have that opportunity to have that control for lack of a better term over that developmental process. So this is a, this is, it, it's, it's stressful. It's difficult. But it's also absolutely fucking beautiful and we should all bask in this opportunity um, and, and do the best that we can to hold on to these moments very tight because they're not going to, it's not going to be like this forever, we hope. Because if it is, then we all might go crazy and that would not be good for anybody because, you know, we'll all be crazy. But but seriously, this is this is a fantastic moment that we have as parents to really be parents, you know, and, and, and help our kids develop and watch them develop. You know, I am, I'm so excited every day that I see her do something else. Like it's annoying to read the same book over and over again. It's in the moment, it's like the worst thing in the world. I want to blow my brains out, but it's also the best thing ever to see that she wants to continue reading 
that book or a book in general. It is beautiful. It is phenomenal. Um, and it's a once in a lifetime experience that, like I said, we are not necessarily going to have again. So we're trying to basket it. We're trying to navigate it just like everybody else. Um, what I will ask is anybody listening, if you, if you have any ideas of things that, that you're doing to help your the development developmental process of your child through these times any activities any uh you know creative things that you're doing shoot them my way um and and i would love to i would love to pass them on to the rest of the fatherhood brotherhood uh because it's important that we all do share these ideas and share these these concepts because we're going to need to do more than just play books. You know what I mean? It looks like this thing is going to go for him for at least another month. So that's, uh, I don't know how long daddy can continue to just keep playing books and read Chicka Chicka Boom Boom another 147 times a day for the next 30 days. It's not It's not my cup of tea. and uh, That might drive me crazy before the forever comes if we're locked in here forever. But um, let's share these things with each other, you know, been and, and let's help each other out because we're all, it's all a difficult situation that we're all trying to navigate and we should, we need to team up here. You know what I mean? Let's, let's, let's Avengers assemble and uh, let's put it all together, um, and help each other out. And, and, uh, you know, if you want to do that and connect on the fatherhood, brotherhood, shoot us an email, dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at dadhardpod. You can DM me. Um, you can, you can shoot the email over. Uh, you can even drop comments on the website, we dadhard.com, you know, um, and, and I can blast those out and I can share those and we can all work together to, keep the developmental process going while also keeping our own sanity in these insane times. Um, but other than that, man, we're just trying to do some different things. Uh, some things that we're doing, like I said, we're doing a lot of reading with her. We're doing a lot of like intricate one-on-one, like let's teach you how to do this. I mentioned, you know, clapping, giving five, waving bye, etc. We're trying to work with her through her speech and, and trying to get her to say words and stuff like that. But the other thing that we're doing um, and that I'm doing specifically because I just love to cook in general is I am, uh, we're introducing new foods and all different types of things to her. She ate steak for the first time today and not like deconstructed steak, otherwise known as steak puree, but she ate a, a piece of steak and she loved it. You know, we fed her fish, we fed her chickpeas, we fed her oatmeal, we fed her so many different types of foods because uh, it's a great time now that you're with them, uh, especially a child at my age, you know, at my daughter's age, eight months, it's when you can start introducing a little bit more foods. Let get creative. We're getting creative with what we're cooking, adding different spices and mixing things together and, you know, apples and kale and pears and, you know, all these different things. That's a, that's an awesome thing to do. She loves it. She loves to try new things. Um, and she gets excited when it's something new, you know, um, So we're just trying to do different things like that. Again, any other suggestions? I am wide the F open. So send them my way. Um, with that, you know, that, that's all we got going on. We're in the house and, uh, and we're trying to do everything we can as parents to continue, uh, our daughter's growth. Um, and I hope that we're doing a good job and not fucking her up too bad. So uh, with that, with that, we're going to jump into the musical break for a second. On the other side, I have a fantastic guest. He is the host of the podcast, White Label American, which, um, talks about different immigrant stories of, uh, uh, different people not from America originally that have immigrated over here um, and, and sharing their stories. Very similar to how I talk to different dads from all over the place and, and share their stories. Uh, his name is Raphael Harry, uh, and it is a, is a fantastic interview. He has a great outlook on the world because he does not come from this country. He was in the Navy. Um, and it's a really interesting interview. So definitely stay stay locked for that. Uh, we're going to jump into the musical break and we will catch you on the other side. Happy quarantine, everybody. Keep your sanity and stay safe. I'll catch you on the other side of the break. She keeps 
Cash, cash, like pick any card. Then it's like pick any bra. Outside or outride, any six, any car. Then it's like this to Menard. She says she want me to own her world like I bought it, but she gave it up for free. I ain't even paid for it. See, I like them cheap freaks. I like walks on the beach. Like the way the sand feels between the toes on her feet. Had her frozen when I unsheathed Excalibur. Next thing I know, she and me like. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your waves. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember the sandbox, little league ball felt like the sandlot. I was the bambino, the salt on the swap, and Doc was more like Benny the Jet. No hands, we are back. with a podcast. You know, once that music break hits, it is time for the guest segment of the show, and this week. As always, I have a very special guest for all of y'all. We actually met at a podcaster's networking event through Park Slope Parents, That's right. um, which has been a fantastic outlet as a, as a parent in, new, new parent in Brooklyn. Um, he is the creator and host of White Label American, the podcast. He is a former Navy man. Um, and so with no further ado, I'd love to welcome to the podcast, Mr. Raphael Harry. How are you? Good, I'm sir. Doing well, thank you for having me here. Absolutely. Thank you. When we connected at the, uh, at the podcasters networking, you, you came, you were like, yo, I'd love to come on the pod. And, and <laughs> I, think, I think that you have an interesting story, uh, both from being in the Navy and not necessarily being from this country and... Um, you know, and you're doing the whole podcast thing. I'm doing the whole podcast thing. So I love to connect with people that are also, you know, generating this content out there um, because we got to support each other. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, we do. And we're both on the same fatherhood journey. Absolutely. So there's uh, so much we have in common. And yeah, as content creators, we have to stick together. Absolutely. 100%. Um, so let's let's start there, man. What... Um, what inspired you to start your specific podcast? So, as you've already alluded to, I wasn't born here, and I was born in Nigeria. And as a kid growing up, you know, you have a picture of the world presented to you, and unfortunately, you don't get to question the messenger. You don't get to understand setting norms or you 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 don't get the dynamics of what kind of pictures are presented to you so i never understood what the word immigrant was it was just like only white people were immigrants Mm -hmm. were black people immigrants no it was just like the black struggle was just whatever you know black people were just one type of thing and it wasn't a clear picture to me yeah and unfortunately with time i started adopting and buying into that um picture that had been created for me and until i was lucky enough to run into certain people and started realizing that i've been sold a lie yeah i've been sold a wrong picture and i was lucky enough that i hadn't adapted or, or um, I don't 100% believed in the whole lie that I was giving. Right. So I was able to detach myself slowly, but not surely in the beginning yeah. from the lies that I was giving. So it took a while. So at first I was probably, not probably, I was uh, at first a homophobic. I was... Um, an angry person I was, but I was very, I, I was a person who had created barriers, created walls, just making sure I hated people for no reason, without even understanding people, without even knowing, even people, even within Nigeria where I was, there are so many ethnicities, but we don't even know other people in Nigeria. Right. We just know the big three tribes, and then start, we'll start knowing our own tribes, and then maybe people around us, but we don't even know the other ethnicities. We don't even know the other people. Who are they? Why are they? But it's just whatever the British told us, right. and then we just go by that. So, we, by the time I moved to the United States, and then I start seeing that, wait, I'm still going based on 
the pictures that I was given, the, the knowledge I was given as a kid, but that knowledge was not correct. Mm-hmm. And then I started meeting people from maybe India, people from maybe Trinidad and Tobago, and then I'm seeing that what I call diversity is not even correct. When you talk to somebody who's born and raised in a different country, and they start telling you like, oh, yeah, yeah, you think only one person is from here, and that one person is not exactly the same as the next person. Of course. So you have to give them a platform to be able to tell their story. Absolutely. And no two people from the same place, from from one place, have the same story. Absolutely. And if they tell you what their experience is like, then you have to create a platform to be able to share. Sure. And that's why I got into my own podcast. When the idea came to me and someone still reached out to me on podcasting, I said, why not? It's about time I get it out. And unfortunately, it started on a bad note because the person stole all my equipment. Oh my but, hey, we never let it stop us. For sure. And that's how White Label American was born. And today we, we, we have done about 22 episodes. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah that's, it's awesome that you're doing that to give, you know, what I'm doing with this is trying to give dads the platform to tell their stories, which is kind of the same thing you're doing with immigrants or people that are not necessarily haven't been born in America right you're trying to give them a platform to tell their stories uh, talk about how everybody's story is different but the experience is all the same you know what I mean? Or, or, or there are a lot of similarities, which is similar, as I'm sure you can attest to, is it's similar with fatherhood. We all have different angles. We mm-hmm. all come from different backgrounds. We yes. all have different methodologies. But our experiences walking this road of fatherhood are very, very, very similar. We all go through the kind of same things. And I'm sure that's the same, at least from what I've listened to from you, it, a lot of your experiences are all the same coming to America and getting used to that lifestyle and, yeah. and uh, uh, you know, all the baggage that comes with that as well. True. You know, have, um, now you're, you are also a father, right? Your daughter's yes, now 18 months. Yes, she is. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I can't wait till my daughter gets there. Um, oh, just wait. <laughs> no, <good. laughs> That's what everybody says. Oh, everybody just says. wait. She kept me awake last night. Oh God. Chatting up his thumb. I was like, I don't know where, <laughs> I don't know where you get it from. <laughs> but anytime I say that, somebody points a finger at me and yeah. I'm like, um, I don't know. <laughs> um, but where did are you? How are you finding the experience being a, a, an American immigrant? And your daughter is obviously American. She was born here, right? Yes. So, are how are you finding that experience? Do you find it different that you're kind of in a, on a, in a different plane than those people that are born and raised in America, raising American kids? Do you find any differences going on, or are you trying to take? What you learned from your childhood in Nigeria and kind of bring that over into her? Well, the interesting thing is that in our household, my daughter is the only person who's born in America. Right. So, but myself and my wife were not born in America. Right. And we were both born in different continents and had different, completely different childhoods. And we both bring different experiences to the yeah. table. So, funny enough, you know, we've talked about this before my daughter was born. And so we, we, we both, she's, she represents the American, like, the, like America, because it's America is all about people from different places. Sure. You know, we've been a melting pot. And her mom and myself, uh, different countries, different continents, and we met in the United States. And she's the product. So yeah. she's three countries in one. <laughs> That's crazy. That's a funny thing. And so, I don't, you know, I, people are like, oh, is she going to be Nigerian? Are you going to make her German? And I'm like, she's American. Yeah. And in the end, she's going to decide what she is. And so for now, I, 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 at first, people are like, oh, you must read this book. You must read, go by this, and you must go by that. And I'm like, I can't tell you which way I'm going. But... I just believe I, I I trust my my wife a lot, and I really like the way she was raised. Yeah. So I really I I go by that a lot. Okay. Because I I do not agree with setting with a lot of things that happened to me with the way I was raised. But at the same time, there are still 
times that you know I, I'm I'm still a dad. It doesn't mean like sure. I, I just withdraw. I'm like I'm not going to be active in her life. I'm always active and. I'm there for her. If she needs carrying her career, I spoil her, I do all yeah. that. And yeah, sometimes I still I teach her that I'm going to say no. And I say no right. when it's time to say no. And she'll do the crying thing, do the emotional <laughs> tears. And like last night, she did that one time. She wanted, she was, she was done. I knew she was done eating. And she tried to get, her mom was eating a snack, uh, a candy. And she wants, she just point, ah, I want that. Like that's what she did. She did the pointing and she wanted that. And her mom said, and I said, no, you can't have that. That's for your mom. And the tears just poured out. Oh, my God. It was like a river. Tears just started gushing out of her. I knew she was faking it. I knew. I already know her by now. Daughters have a way of doing that, don't they? She was faking it. And, yeah, I don't like seeing her tears. But I knew she was faking it. So I was like, are you done? Are you done? (laughs) You know? And my mom was like, oh, no, I'll stop eating candy in front of you. I was like, you can eat your candy whenever you're done. It's okay. And she would just, ah, ah, <laughs> And as soon as she noticed, like, uh, I said, are you done? She just like, oh. But the tears, you, you see this, the dry tears in her eyes. I'm like, yep, there you go. I figured you out. It's all right. Next, you figure out another poker face to hit me with next time. <laughs> we, we, we keep going back and forth. And that's how the journey is just going to go. Yeah. And, yeah, I guess she'll hit me with the American style, and I hit her with the Nigerian style, and you know, her mom will hit her with the German style. We have all our tricks we're going to keep using, and everybody will keep throwing stuff at each other. Yeah, it's fun, but I consider it a fun journey. Yeah, so well, that, that's what it is. That, that, that's how I see it. And but I I I I, I focus mostly uh, mostly on the on using the positives from of course the Nigerian side, and because. There are too many people ask me the question of like, oh, you're going to discipline her like with your Navy or you're going to discipline her with the, with the African. I'm like, we don't really have a form of discipline like the way people expect right. the discipline to be because I know where people are going with the discipline question. Like, oh, if my daughter misbehaves, I'm going to spank her. I'm like, no, we, didn't, we did not even have that in our history. Yeah. That came from the British, yeah. from colonialism. And people don't really research that. Because they just assume that black people love beating their kids. No, it came from colonialism, and the British taught us how to do it. And then now it's no longer cool because right. they figured out that it's bad for the kids' mentality. And then people now think it's an African thing. And I said, "Yeah, why isn't it an African thing now? Because you don't know where it came right. from, for sure, and for how sure. we got it." And so I'm like, "Now nah, I figured out it works." So I'm like, it's, "And I know how it worked on me." It was just to put fear in me, not, a, not to discipline me. And when I could overcome the fear, I had no respect for the person. So you weren't teaching sure. me anything. Right. So why would I do that to my daughter? For sure. And, and that's, it's interesting that you can look at it like that, right? And you can kind of go back and reflect on that now as a dad. Because uh-huh. I find that I'm doing that a lot myself, right? And I'm, I'm always kind of battling with myself. What type of dad do I want to be? How do I want to do this? How do I want to do that? Whatever. And I find myself reflecting a lot on how I was raised and like the type of the, the methods that my parents had, had that I want to use and the yeah. methods that I don't want to use. And so, so it's really interesting that you're going back and kind of looking at your childhood and kind of remembering that type of stuff. And, or, and it's like, I don't want that. To be how my daughter is brought up, I don't want to continue that cycle, etc. Um, and it's 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 very interesting that not I feel like not a lot of dads or not a lot of parents like necessarily go back and do that reflection uh, of their childhood. They kind of just like take what they know and then just throw it into yeah. <laughs> into that because that's they know instead of doing the actual reflection and analysis and then picking and choosing the best mm-hmm. methods to to go about it. I kind of think we are encouraged. To go that route of just, you know, if my you parents want, did it, so I'm gonna you, do yeah. It. You, you look at you, you turned out right. Yeah, right for sure. Did exactly. you die? Yeah, yeah, like that. Did you die? Yeah, yeah for sure, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, what, what what are you complaining about? Right. Kind of thing. And I don't think that's the right way to go about it. And the funny thing is that I well, especially not, I because times have changed now. Also, exactly. You know, but the funny thing is that I never planned to have kids. Interesting. So. Even before that, I already started changing. So, you know, that, that, that's one good thing about having the Facebook memories. Yeah. There was a video I posted, like, uh, maybe f- 
six about six seven years ago i don't even know why but i found this video of you know two kids that they were caught painting that painted the house or something that that dad fell asleep yeah and then two of them painted the house and the oldest one was blaming the younger one and the younger one was the one who always just went whatever the oldest one said so it was i guess yeah. repeating what the oldest one said <laughs> so the dad made a video and I just found it funny. Yeah. And I posted the video and everybody was like, oh, if I had, if they were my kids, I would have whooped them and all that stuff. And I, I, I said, what would you have taught the kids if you, okay, let's say you whooped the hell out of them, beat them from the daylight to, to, um, to dusk. Yeah. What, what exactly have you taught them? Right. For sure. What, what is the lesson that those kids would have learned? 100%. Nothing. Right. So, but they're like, oh, because you don't have a kid, that's why you're saying this. I said, okay, maybe that's why. But what is the lesson that you'd have taught them? Nobody could answer. Nobody yeah. could give me an answer. And I believe that was when the change had already started Interesting. in me. Because for the fact that by the time Facebook memories came up and recently I saw that video, and I was like, wow, look at me making that argument yeah. way back. And people were attacking me, like, what is wrong with you? You're not supporting beating the child is yeah. because you don't have a child. You're talking like this. And I said, you see, I, I can trace it back to a certain period. I was already changing. Right. And I didn't, by then I was saying, I will not have a kid. I don't care about having children. I love kids. Yeah. But I was like, I don't think I need children. I don't, I don't want to have a kid. And my mom was like, oh, this child, this boy, is, <laughs> you, you, you just want me to die without having kids because I'm, you know, our culture the, the, is the children of the sons that sure. have more weight than children of daughters because my elder sister has kids. Okay. But the boys in the family, we didn't, we, we didn't have kids. So Interesting. It was like, uh, my mom was like, oh, you're killing me. You're bringing disgrace to the family. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. So I was like, yeah, I'm sorry, but yeah, I'm, I, don't, I don't see any need to have kids yeah. you know, until I met um, Verena, my wife. Yeah, so what, cha- so what changed? What you... you, you- Never wanted to have kids before. What what changed and sparked the inspiration I, to? I think I met the right person. Interesting. And meeting her, and after you know, it just felt like this is the type of person that I'm okay settling down with, yeah. and I'm okay taking that step. I felt I did not feel pressured or you know. It just felt natural. Yeah. So, I'm that type of person who, if I don't feel, if I don't feel it, I'll, I'll just tell you up front, like, yeah. And at the stage when I met Verena, I was, I wasn't coming, being committed, I wasn't committing to any relationship. Yeah. So, and if you meet any of the women who I'd been with before, excuse me, before Verena, they'll tell you that, yeah, this guy did not commit to a relationship. He told you up front. I know like, that life very well. Yeah, I... It's like, do you want me to sign, print that form from Google that says no strings attached? I, I was just upfront, like, look, I was, yeah, and, and Verena will tell you that if by the time I met her, I was already making plans that I was going to leave the country, and I would get out, and that was it. I was going to be a nomad for the rest of my life. I was just making that plan, so why would I even bring a kid to this? Yeah, world? no, for sure, kind of thing. And you meet somebody, and they say, yes. One person you meet, your life changes. Right? Yeah, I mean, no, no, that's I, I. That's, it's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing. And it's a beautiful story. It's it's funny how when you do meet the right person, it can change your entire mentality about how you want the future of your life to go. Mm-hmm. I always knew. On the flip side, from you, I always knew that I wanted kids. Never really thought that I wanted to particularly get married, right, and like be married. But I always knew that I wanted kids until I met my wife, and then I was like, oh that's you know like that is that is marriage like i would do the whole you know whole yeah. thing whole nine whatever so um it's just interesting how one person can change your entire and then you have a kid and now it changes your entire, entire thing again. <laughs> once again one person changes your entire life yeah. you know that was, that was another thing i learned was during the pregnancy like before we had um before we had clara we unfortunately lost the, f- the first pregnancy we had and we did the same we had the we, same thing we didn't really tell people that and by the time so when we had Clara it took a while before we, we said anything like we didn't really make an announcement we didn't yeah. make it big until the baby shop the, the, the whole pregnancy they were, they were, we you know they asked they asked us you know during one of the checkups like do you want to know the gender and I said you know what 
I never really thought about that. And I said, Interesting. I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. If Verna wants to know, I'm, I'm fine. If he doesn't want to know, I'm fine because it's still going to be my child, right? Right, for I'm, sure. I'm still going to love sure. the child, boy or girl. And that became an issue. What, that you didn't want that? That we were cool because I very was like, she's okay, not knowing. She will find out at, pre- oh, at, at birth. And that led to a mini uh, uh, kind of survey where, where pe- people kept. It, it led to an experiment of some sort that, of some sort that people kept coming up to me like, hey, so I'm sure you really want to know. You really want to know what, what you're having. I, I said, no, nah, I'm having a child. Yeah, right, right, that, that's what I'm a, having. I'm having a baby. A, that's that's child exactly what I'm having. Love. So, yeah, it's a baby. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, but you prefer to have a boy because a girl will be trouble. Oh, let me let you know, if a girl will be trouble, you don't want no boys coming to your house for dates. I'm like, it's a baby. Why would I be thinking, you're talking about dating already? Why is that? Isn't oh, it funny that that's the first thing that everybody like, oh, always goes like, oh, you're to? Gonna you're buy a gun. Gun. If it's a girl, you're going you're to buy a gun, right? Yep. <laughs> and you're going to buy a gun. You know, like, oh, you know, boys, you know, boy, come out, I'm going to shoot that boy. I'm like, oh, so what if she prefers dating girls? Yeah, um, yep. for sure. What will I do? Buy a gun and try to shoot the girl who tries to date her? Or what? Yeah, You're like yeah, don't worry about it. You, she, there's no way she's gonna be a lesbian. People were just coming, projecting so much stuff, and I was like, wow, isn't it so they crazy? Were, and I was like, what is going on, dude? dude isn't it? That's what I find out all the time. So many people want to throw all of their opinions when you when your wife is either pregnant or you have a child. Yeah. Everybody wants to throw their freaking opinion out there about what you should be doing or shouldn't be doing exactly. or you have to do it like this or you have to do it like that. And I'm like, yo, man, like this is my kid. This is my life. I can do whatever fuck I want. But at the same time, I, I, you know, I, I also began to think back and said, well, were there times I also behaved like that too? Because I, I, I had to think and wonder if I did the same thing for other people. And, you know, it made me look back and be like, wow. Now I, I kind of get it. Yeah. When women say men need to stay out of their bodies, stay out of their business, because I saw people reach out and like oh they want to grab touch the stomach right touch the stomach and we are the friend's house um the sister's boyfriend had a few drinks oh let me pray for your baby and just bro we don't know you bro it's it's the craziest thing i was like wow we're not even religious but hey this guy just i want to pray for the baby and pray for him he just i'm like damn this it's so yes. well. they, they say they say it takes a village to raise a kid, and some people really think that they're part of that village to raise your kids because they want to just give all all the criticism, all the suggestions, everything. all the whatever. They want to touch the be- the belly of the. I think that's the weirdest fucking thing in the world when mm-hmm. people want to just come up and just like, oh, you're pregnant. It could be the old woman who's on the street you never met her before. You like, yeah. oh, you're pregnant. Let me touch your belly. I'm like, like what the. Yeah, I couldn't do it. See, that's that's why I could never, I could never be pregnant. Because if somebody came up to me trying to touch my belly while I was pregnant, I would. Yeah, right. I probably have that's what I go get the gun for. That's what I go get the gun for. Forget about the boys coming to my house. I'll get it for the, for the people trying to touch my belly, man. If I was pregnant, I'm, I'm serious. Well, it's yeah, nuts. it's it's it was that that whole nine months. I was like, wow. Yeah, there was so much that I learned. That's why I was like, yeah. For any expecting father out there, I'm like, you just got to be the biggest cheerleader for your for wife sure, 100%. because the stuff they have to put up with yep. is like, woo. That's, yep. that's why anytime, you know, when Verena lost her, you know, you know, with the whole pregnancy mood switch and once in a while she lost her temper at me and I, I didn't get mad. I didn't, I didn't, it didn't get to my head once yeah. because... I would look at all this stuff happening like, yeah, it's enough for for if I was if, if I were in our shoes, I'd be I'd be mad all the time for sure. I'd be mad all the time. You're uncomfortable. You're hot. You yeah. feel big. You yeah. can't walk. It's I, I went to office one time and there were people just throw the stuff people were saying. I was like, wow, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. This is yeah. People want to know, yeah, but what's going to be the name? But I think I saw a baby when a baby came out once, my grandchild, and this is the name. The baby didn't look like a Michael, it looked like an Andrew. I was like, <laughs> I 
So you alluded to a little bit in a couple minutes ago about how in your culture in Nigeria, um, you know, the, the weight of the cha- of the boys' kids are weighted a little bit yeah. more than than the the women's kids or the sister or whatever. Um, are there did you find any other major differences between how you know the child raising process in Nigeria really different differs from over here and, and do you have any of that? Are there a lot of differences that you're finding and how are you kinda walking that line? Well it's because uh, Nigeria it's uh, you you can't just say it's Nigeria because it's the true for sure of course of course, so, of course of course of course it's a very generalized term yeah. that I just use no, it's okay but um, but the whole Nigerian experience per se it's you know when my elder my elder sister there's a huge age gap between myself and my elder sister so when she had her kids I was really young but I still remember those days and the healthcare wasn't as great as it is even now it's still not as great there's still a high mortality rate in nigeria which is still nigeria is still not a developed country right yeah so but there's still things from each tribe has certain things in place that you know it, it, it intercrosses you know our tribes are all different in a way but they're still connecting threads and one thing that's a little bit similar amongst all the tribes is when a woman gives birth. The it's usually the, the sometimes it's usually the, the bride's mom, but sometimes the mother-in-law. You know, if the mother-in-law is on good terms with the the the, the, the bride, it, it normally happens. You know, it's supposed to happen. The mother-in-law is supposed to come look after. The, the bride, the baby. Okay. It's part of the recovery process. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it's something that has been on for probably millennia. Mm-hmm. And it's the way that it, the tribes have the system they had in place where the woman's body is able to recover f- from giving birth. Right. So there's not much, there's not pressure. It's like only she does the feeding of the baby and then the mother-in-law or the mother looks after the baby. Interesting. And, you know, so the father can go get food or farming and or hunting, whichever the father does. Or right. The, 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 there's somebody looking after the baby. Gotcha. So probably that's where they, it takes a village to raise a child. Sure, sure, for sure. You know, but that was the recovery so the mother can get the sleep. Right. Kind of thing. So, something, so it's, it still happens in the modern day. Okay. And... Something like that, that, but we couldn't do it because my mom is not, she's up there in age, she's 82, and she has a little bit of arthritis, so her hands are not really that strong. Okay, she used to be. And I know it, it really pained my mom that she couldn't come, come and do that, yeah, do it like so. Even when we took the baby to go visit her in Virginia, she's, she's no longer staying in the states now, but we made sure we took the baby to go see her a couple of times but like I know when my mom held baby and you know baby kept slipping out of her hand I knew it pained my mom yeah deep inside like my mom was very proud of me. yeah she's like matriarch of the family so she won't say it outside but I, I knew deep inside it pained her but my mom really she still wanted to come over and stay and our apartment was in a big apartment but there were people who couldn't really put two and two together and understand that being here it's not like you know being back in Nigeria. Yeah, so for sure. I couldn't really make something like that happen. Right. But not just because of where I was living, but it was more of my mom's health. Yeah, for sure. She's not where I was living. Well, you know, we, we uh, was was a duplex apartment. So she would have been going up, up and down, down the stairs. stairs. Yeah. She uses a walker. Okay. It's, yeah. It's not, how's that going to happen? Right. For you sure. Know? No, for sure. So I, I had to put tons together and say, no. Yeah. It's not going to happen. I would rather be the stay-at-home dad. And I was a stay-at-home dad, and you know, but I, I made it work. Yeah, for sure. But you know, my mom, you know, being with the pride, the ego thing, it's still kind of because I was the first son to bring yeah. a child. Yeah. So it's not something that the family could look like, look at, and be like, oh, you know, yeah, with your health, you couldn't go look after your grand 
Uh, Did they get mad at you because you didn't let her come? Was that was that a well, thing? Well, I, I am, I am considered uh, in the Nigerian terminology, I am considered a mean person. A mean person? Yeah. Okay. But I, I am, um, I'm more of a blunt person. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. Hey, sure. I don't give a damn about your opinion. It's yeah, it is what it is. But you know, her health comes first. For sure. And even uh, if she absolutely. doesn't want to admit it. It's still, it's, there's no way she could have, she, she would have had, she wanted to drive. Oh my God. <laughs> I, like, it's not what I would have said, yo, I would have said the like, same thing. There's no way you're driving man. from Virginia up to, to New York and you know, and, but the people in Nigeria are not looking at all that. They're not right, all course. those factors and they're like, oh, you're a bad son and all that. So I was like, you know what? I don't care what you all are saying. Yeah. F you all. Yeah. And. Then they're like, oh, this son has gone to America. He's living good now. And he's turned his back and on us. Yeah, and... he doesn't want to follow the culture, that kind of thing. So that's what they're looking at. Yeah. And they're always seeing it from that point of view. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you all don't want to pay attention to... The actual logistics of it. Yeah. And so now that they're seeing her, they're, you know, then they're like, oh, yeah, but you should... I'm like, yeah, yeah, yo. Yo, you all knew, knew what was happening, but you all decided to go paint my name in a different light, so... Yeah, so, but I, I knew deep down my mom wished she wasn't having those issues. Sure. She was a little bit, she was much younger she, so that she could have. So that's why she was always like, hey, yo, bring a son, bring a child, you know, bring a child much earlier so I could go carry my grandchild, you know, but, but she got us holding her baby, you know, and all that. And that's the important thing is, I guess, you know what I mean? And she was in Virginia, which, and you, and you said you brought her down. To oh, yeah, we brought, brought, brought her down a couple of times. Nice. And she saw her, her granddaughter, played with her. So at least she got. So at least she did get to to do some of that. You yeah. know what I mean? Not to the extent, of course, that that your cult, that the culture there. Because yeah, at least you should spend two weeks. The most of it is, you know, the, the, I know that at least most mother-in-laws or mothers do it. Like they spend at least the first two weeks gotcha, okay. around the the new the new mother. Okay, interesting. Yeah, see. Have you t- have you taken your daughter? Back to Nigeria at all? Not yet, not yet. Are you planning to do that? Uh, I plan to, but I rather she's a little bit older. Okay. Before I do that, but no, it's on it's on the agenda. Okay. Because I haven't taken my wife either. Oh, okay, interesting. So right. it's, it's a full package, and we'll, we'll all go. Wow, and nice. She has to see where I grew up. She has to see the the struggle that I went through. For sure. And understand. Yeah. And make her appreciate her life a little bit more, I guess. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. And appreciate go, her culture. You have to go see the street food I was eating and get used to everything and still understand why I prefer the street food. Uh, why I have an appreciation for street food all around the world. Yeah. And, uh, some street food, man. That's me. Everywhere I go around the world, the first thing I ask is, man, where you guys eat, where you guys eat at? Um, so let, let, you were in the Navy and the military for a mm-hmm. while. Do you find that in, in like, Injected into any of, of your parenting style at all? Do you think that that's affected you as far as you know being a dad and, and, and the type of parent that you want to be, or the mentality that you have at all like that? Not just from a discipline level, yeah. which you which you alluded to before, but I'm just talking about like how it shaped your mind and 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 your personality and the way by which you want to raise your child. Because yes. um, you know the combination of the of the, the Nigerian culture, and then you were in the military here. I, I need to know if that's it, how how that's kind of blending together with with how you want to develop your child's life because it's such a unique experience that you have. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Um, the Navy. Without the Navy, I don't think I would have um, assimilated to the American system. Um, a lot faster because you get to meet the good, the bad, and the ugly. Sure, and it starts from being in boot camp and being in boot camp where you're under the same roof with people from all over the country who've never met people with who are not uh, their skin color, people who are not from their hometown. And it starts there, and you're like talking, they're like, Wow, you, you, you weren't born in America, you know, rock music. What the hell, you know, rock music, and, you know, but you start. To see a different picture and then see like the real America. Sure. That's not just from the movies, the bright lights, sure. and the movies and the TV it shows, you know, and then you get an appreciation and then you start realizing like, you know, when 
some a white person, you know, before it used to be cool when you know, I used to be that black person who when the white person said, Oh, you you know like other black people or you're like you know like other Nigerians. I was like, Oh, okay, that's a compliment. That's so cool. <laughs> it's I see compliment. Now yeah, it's then, like it's like what like, is that supposed to mean, bro? Like, wow, yeah. Well then now that's and now that's a beautiful thing because now that this new mentality that you got by seeing all of that and experiencing the similarities that we all have as people in mm-hmm. general, not Races or where you're from or whatever. Now you can pass that on to your daughter. Your yes, daughter is that, now going to benefit from well, that because she, she does already. She she already started long long before she started walking. Yeah, I mean, her music her music is from everywhere. Yeah, some of her this channel on um, YouTube Boiler Room. Yeah, it's not really kid appropriate music, but uh, music transcends that. And Absolutely, for sure. It's DJs. Performing around the world, and one of our favorite is um, a DJ. I can't recall the name right now, but it's a DJ performing in Beirut, and she just loves the way they dance. People in the room dance all yeah. the time, and the, the other day I caught her copying, mimicking one of the people. She dance the ladies; they always dancing, and their hand movements is up in the air. But the way they move their hands, she she likes that because she always she she gives signs that she wants to replay for sure. Every now. So I replay, I keep replaying the Beirut. Performance and, uh, and there's one thing I always notice that she gets excited when she sees female DJs interesting. performing, and she caught that pretty early. So That's I don't know. If she, I don't know if she wants to become a DJ already, but um, I play music from everywhere. Yeah, and I don't really That's understand awesome. all the songs, but I've always had an attraction to music. Yeah. for a long time, and I just love music, and uh, it's something that I've given a gift because for even as a kid, I was told. Certain musicians were bad people. Sure. And the only reason why they were bad people were that their message had power. And their sure. message was the truth. Sure. And they were speaking the truth. And it took a while for me to figure that out. And I'd become an adult. And when I listened, I was like, this boy talking about the problems we're having in the country. Right, right, for sure. And that's how I figured out, I found out about Fela. Yeah. Fela was a, I was a kid and they played Fela music. Hey, what are you playing? Take it off. Switch it off. Yeah. And you know, switch it off because Fela smoked weed, and he was a bad man. He, he, he wore panties. He, that's why he was a bad man. He smoked weed. And Bob Mali, Bob Mali was uh, sometimes, but Bob Mali too smoked weed. So, so of course. he had dreadlocks. So he wasn't. He had dreadlocks. You were bad. Yeah, that was it. You were bad. Dreadlocks disqualified. Yeah, for sure. And, but nobody really told me why. Right. You know, it's just like I'm going to tell you, and you're just going to listen. So I, I'm like, she, she has to know. She will know, and I introduce that to all. That's fantastic. All that from now on, and yeah, it's her way of meeting because she has to know that there are people around the world, the people who don't who do not look like her, the people who they exist. Yeah, for not sure. Hide Absolutely. That. It's not going to be like only white people exist, only black people exist. Right. I'm going to let her see that everybody exists. People Absolutely. can do different things, and I'm going to remove all the borders and the boundaries for her. Like. She has she has options. That's fantastic. And it's up to her. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so let's wrap, we're going to wrap up here in a second. And the way that I like to conclude every episode is to ask all my guests two questions. So I'm going to throw them at you now. Yep. The first one is, um, what has been your 18 months in, right? Yes. 18 months in, you're coming from a place where you didn't want, never really wanted <laughs> to have kids. So now this is a complete life changer. What has been your favorite thing or experience about being a dad? Ooh. Just watching the journey every day, man, it's, it's, I don't know how to describe it, man. From the very first day, you know, I, I saw my daughter come out. <laughs> I did not expect to be, to see it happen, but I saw it and it's the most amazing thing I've seen a human being, being born. It's, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like the greatest thing I've experienced in my life. And since that day. I think that was a love at first sight. Yeah. And when I held that in my hands, I, yeah, I still got to play a prank on my on my, on my wife because I got I, that was you know, my wife was a little bit she she, she couldn't move. So I said uh, she was like, well, "What is what's that boy or girl?" And I said, "It's a baby." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I, I, you can't jump at me or do anything. You can't move, so I can you know play a little, prank. Yeah, a little bit." So, yeah, before I handed her over, but you know when she came into my hands. I, I I just knew that my this this when people say oh your life changes and it, they sound like it was a, it's a funeral or it's over for them. I knew my life changed for good. Right, for sure, of course. And I've always loved it. I've loved it, even when she punches me or she kicks me, and I'm like, God 
Damn, where you get this strength from? I just love seeing her grow. Yep. I love seeing her dance. I uh, love seeing her say goal without me nudging her to say goal yeah. from soccer, being a huge soccer fan. So I just love seeing where the journey goes. Yeah, so those are the things. That no, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. The other thing that I ask is, um, you know, we talked a little bit before about how everybody, when you have a kid or when you're pregnant, everybody wants to throw in their two cents. Everybody wants to give advice. So right now, I'm going to give you the opportunity to give some advice. You're 18 months in, um, so you're like a little bit, you're a little bit farther than me. What is the biggest piece of advice that you can offer to another, you know, expecting dad, new dad, prospective dad, or like, you know, a dad like me that's kind of behind you? In the journey? That's a good question. Well, I'll say for the expecting dad, I'll I'll say pay pay attention to your partner's body. Pay attention to her. Just be there, you know. Be there as much as you can. I know it's not easy for everyone with the economic situation. Um, She did not have, uh, Verena did not have the vomiting and all that morning sickness. She didn't go through that. Oh, wow. But once or twice, I think once or twice, or, you know, or maybe, I think out of maybe four or five times at most, five out of the whole pregnancy, she would just have this nausea where she would almost faint. Yeah. And out of the five times that it happened, three times I was there. So I caught her okay. when she almost fell. And the other two times, it was around where she could easily lean on against the wall. Yeah. But I was happy that every the, the, the majority of the times... You I were there, there for sure. So And I could read that something like that was about to happen, so I just held her before she dropped. Yeah. And it was scary. Of course. Something like that. But if you know your partners, you know, you can read your partner, you just tell her something like that's about to happen. Yeah. And sometimes it's as little as that. Sometimes yeah, it could be sure. something else. But, you know, you just have to pay attention to your partner and, you know, and just be the best cheerleader that you can be. Sure, absolutely. Support all the way. And for those who've already had the baby, I, I say, you know, enjoy it. Yes, there will be sleepless nights. There will be, you know. A lot of those. You, you get tired and you get frustrated. And, uh, um, what's it called? Postpartum. Sometimes, get a, you know, go outside of the house get a go for a walk just enjoy life you know if you have family around let them come watch the baby every once in a while try and you know do something fun you know don't don't make it all don't don't just make it all like oh i I, I understand you want to watch be around your baby as much as possible You'll be around your baby. It's not your baby's not running away. No, you need you need to be for your mental health also. You yeah. need to have a little bit of separation, a little exactly. bit of time too. It's very exactly. important. So, yeah, just you know, try and enjoy enjoy your life. Enjoy your life. Don't make it look like because you had a baby. You're now a prisoner. How good. Absolutely. Yeah. And with that, we're going to wrap up. Thank you very much. My man, Raphael, I really appreciate you coming on. Really appreciate you talking about your experience. And uh, uh, you got a really interesting blend of stuff. Your daughter's very lucky <laughs> to have to have that, that, that going on. You have a lot of experiences and, and, and ways of looking at the world based on those experiences that you're going to be able to inject into her and she's going to be all the better for it so that's going to be an awesome thing it's a beautiful thing uh check out his podcast white label american uh for his story more stories where can they follow you on instagram or social media etc instagram facebook twitter we just started a twitter account about um three weeks ago about a month ago so it needs to follow us so you can follow me on twitter (laughs) i need to post more photos on twitter (laughs) but i post more photos on instagram and yeah and uh yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn too. So, yeah, Raphael Harry is the name. And uh, it's a, it's a, uh, Raphael with PH. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and listen to us on Apple, Instagram, um, Apple, um, Spotify, usual channels. You'll find us there.
For sure. And that's it for this week's episode of Dad Hard with the podcast. As always, to connect on the fatherhood, brotherhood, shoot us an email, dadhardpod at gmail.com. Hit us up on the Instagram at dadhardpod and the Facebook, facebook.com slash dadhardpod. Thanks again to my guest, Raphael Harry. That is all for us this week. Until next time, same dad hard time, same dad hard place, dad hard or go home. That's all for us. We're out. Hey. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Ain't that the truth, man? I wish you could go back being a little kid again, man. Remember them good times. Everything was free spirit and all that.